the Bible Study Podcast, episode 426. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 9. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We started chapter 9 last week, and we're going to continue on with chapter 9 and verse 14. Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. Then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Now, I don't know how many wineskins you happen to have around the house, but if you do, you may know that an old wineskin is not as elastic as a new one, and that a new wine may still be fermenting and will potentially let off gas and therefore will stretch the skin. And what he's saying here is there are old things and there are new things. There are old rules and there are new rules, and sometimes things don't fit. And he gets this question because the disciples of John, of John the Baptist, come to him and say, what's the story with fasting? Are you against it? Are you for it? Should we be doing it? I mean, this is a real honest question. It's a very good question. Unlike the Pharisees, these are not people trying to trap Jesus. They want to know what's going on. He says, we see that you're doing things differently than we're doing them. Maybe one of us is doing the wrong thing. So let's talk it out. You know, John is your cousin. We know you're close. We know that he has great admiration for you and has proclaimed your ministry is greater than his. But what's the story with fasting? And he says, how can guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? So basically, it's party time. Jesus is here, and it's time to be with Jesus This is not the time to fast. He's not saying there's anything wrong with fasting. He says, in fact, at some point, the bridegroom will be taken away. Jesus will be taken away. And then they will fast. They will do just like you're doing, but not now. This is not the time. I think of Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything, a season for everything. And this is not the season for fasting. What is the purpose of fasting? Fasting is a discipline. Fasting isn't just a diet under other names. Fasting is a way to do without food, to discipline your body, to say that other things are more important. Right? When Jesus starts his ministry, he starts it with a fast, with a 40-day fast in the wilderness before he goes and does anything else, before he goes and calls disciples, before he goes and does miracles, before he goes and does teaching. He spends time with God, and he spends time fasting. It's a discipline. But he's saying it doesn't fit right now. And things that don't fit, he talks about old wineskins and new wine, old shrunk cloth and old and new garments. We don't want to just take things from the old things the way they were and put them on this new life. I think in a similar fashion, you may find that some things that you have always done, some things the way that we have always done them in my life, in my family, in our house, in our homes, in our companies, in our churches, some of those things that we've always done it that way don't fit and should be discarded. 
I'm not trying to say that that old hymn is no good anymore or that old tradition is bad, but it needs to be re-examined because the new has come. And that's what Jesus is saying. The new is here. The bridegroom is here. What a special and important and amazing time it was to be a disciple of Jesus then, just as it is now. And we should continue to examine what belongs, what fits with that new life, not the other way around, not to make the new life fit with all those old things. goes on, while he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. News spread through all that region. Now, it's interesting, that's a slightly different version of this than we have in the Gospel of Luke. In the Gospel of Luke, we get Jairus, the name of the synagogue leader, which we don't get told in Matthew, uh, comes and says, my daughter is sick. And that while he is on the way, he gets news that the daughter has died. And still goes, and all of the rest is the same, he goes and he raises the daughter. And the people laugh at him because he believes, because he says that the daughter is still sick, and he raises her and brings her back to life. But the interesting thing with the difference between the two stories is that there's an urgency in the way that Luke tells the story, and there's that interruption of that other woman, right? Can you think about that? While Jesus is on the way to deal with a girl who is dead or near death, this other woman comes and interrupts the whole thing. And all that she's doing is trying to get healing for herself. And all she does is she sneaks a touch to Jesus. Now, why does she she sneak a touch? Remember, she has bleeding. If you are a woman and you're living under Old Testament law, if you have bleeding, for instance, from your menstrual period, then you are unclean. You're unclean until that passes. This is a woman who has been bleeding for 12 years. She has been unclean, untouchable for 12 years. To touch her is to become unclean. Remember that thing we talked about last week with why are you hanging out with sinners? Because Jesus knew that when he touched their lives, that they changed and not him. His understanding, too, with this woman is not that it's a bad thing that she touched him, that he became unclean, but she touched him and she became clean. She became healed. But he stops and says, take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. He stops and acknowledges this woman. Or in the other version, the version from the other Gospels, he says, who touched me? And she has to fess up. But he calls her out publicly and says, this woman who we've known is unclean, this woman who has been isolated for 12 years, this woman is now healed, this woman is now whole, this woman is now restored to community. You're healed because of your faith. Now, the synagogue leader also had faith in Matthew's understanding of the story, Matthew's recollection of the story. He had faith enough to say, even if she's already dead, she's dead or near dead, but you could heal her. 
I know you. I've heard about you. It's interesting because we keep hearing about the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and how they're plotting for Jesus. And who knows, maybe this was even one of those people. But all of that is laid aside if he was when his daughter gets sick. He knows what's important. And his daughter is important. And so he goes to his only hope. He goes to Jesus, whether he is someone who believed in Jesus before or someone who believes in Jesus out of desperation. He has seen what Jesus can do. Maybe he's seen Jesus heal on the Sabbath and he's not sure about that. Maybe he has no problem with that. We don't know. But he knows what Jesus can do. And he says, you, Jesus, you could heal her. Even if she's already dead, you could heal her. And despite this interruption that slows him down, that possibly lets the child die if she isn't already dead, he ends up at the house, tells the people she's just asleep. One of the things, I was just in Spain, I was just in Portugal, and one of the things I like about the Spanish language, Spanish language has two forms of the word to be. I can say, I am, yo soy, and I can say, I am right now, yo estoy. So when I say I'm hungry, I use I am right now, because it's not a permanent thing. All the things that are permanent about me, I am tall, I would say, yo soy, I am tall. I am in a way that will not change. Yo estoy, I am in a way, but it will change. When you say in Spanish, I am dead, or he is dead, you use the temporary form. You use the form that has hope that it's not a permanent condition. And Jesus looks at this girl and says, it's not a permanent condition. She's just asleep, and he wakes her up. He brings her back to life. He restores her to her family. Whatever situation you find yourself in right now, even a fatal disease, even unforgiven sin, even broken relationships, Jesus looks at it and says, it's not a permanent condition. It's not a, something that can't be changed. And that's what Jesus brings into our lives, is change into those things that can be changed and change into those areas that we're pretty darn sure can't be, that look pretty permanent to us. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram as Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Often we believe our questions mean we don't have faith, but I believe Jesus loves our questions. Our questions are windows into heaven. I'm Caden Fabrizio, and on the Questions with Caden podcast, we ask and answer one question per episode as relevantly and biblically as possible. Questions about fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, and so much more. Don't worry, your questions, they're not going to scare Jesus, so ask away. Listen and subscribe now at lifeaudio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.